Well, hello and welcome back again. And thank you for tuning in. I recognize that there are a bunch of places you could be and a gazillion podcasts you could be listening to right now. So the fact that you're listening in, I'm super grateful and I don't take that lightly. Now, in this episode, I'm starting a series on growth and I'm calling this episode Growth 101. And I'm going to be talking about what growth really is and why it's important. And then I'm going to be talking about something that everyone hears about, but maybe doesn't quite fully understand. And that is the comfort zone. Now, if you've listened to my opening episodes, you know that I created this podcast to be able to provide a space where leaders that are growing and integrating every aspect of their life can learn from each other. Some of my favorite conversations have happened in either a coffee shop over coffee or via Zoom sharing a virtual latte with friends. And that's the vibe that I want for this podcast. I want us to be able to challenge our comfort zones and try new thoughts on. Listen to leaders who have routinely pushed themselves outside of their own comfort zone. And we all want to grow our businesses as well. And I'm going to talk about strategies to intentionally grow your business without sacrificing your family, your health, or any of the things that you value most. And it's really something that's near and dear to me and my heart. And I continue to grow in this aspect of my life each and every day. Now, even if you don't own a business, but maybe you lead a team, a division, or a group, if you're listening to this, I know that you want to grow and get better in some aspect of your life. So what is growth really? You know, there are a lot of people who talk about growth, personal growth, business growth, but what is exactly does it mean? What is it? And I, I wrote this down because when I look up the word growth in the dictionary, there are several entries and there are three that I really wanted to focus in on. The first is, it says, it's natural increase in size. Natural increase. And the second says, it's the process of forming or developing something. The third says, it's an increase in the number, amount, or size of something. And I want to really focus in on the process of forming or developing something. You see, it's a process. It's a becoming some may even call it a transformation. Growth is an orderly process to becoming something bigger, better, or different. If you think about children growing, they are actually going through a transformation process that will one day end up as an adult human being. And that's a physical growth transformation. There's a process of becoming and developing a new way of being in our emotional capacity too. We call that growing our emotional intelligence. And when we become someone new at a spiritual or soul level, we've grown our spiritual capacity because we've developed an awareness that wasn't there before. So growth happens in every category of our lives. We see people in the world, we see leaders who seem to have it all and they seem so very successful and we wonder sometimes why our lives and why our businesses or our careers aren't like that. But growth is absolutely a learnable skill. And we're going to talk about the process of growth today. You know, success leaves tracks and it leaves clues. As a matter of fact, if you look at successful people or successful leaders, 
people that are growing and becoming, and if you study them, or even if you ask them how they've become successful, so often they'll tell you exactly what they did to be successful. They'll even tell you exactly what to do. So it's, it's not really just clues. It's blatantly obvious what we need to do to be growing. But, and here's the really key point, knowing what to do isn't the problem. It's doing it. And this is one of the reasons why I always kick off the Emerging Leader Inner Circle with talking about comfort zone. There's a mindset piece to growth that is probably the most important aspect of living a rich and rewarding leadership journey in life and really becoming the best version of yourself. We're going to explore that today with our topic of growth, and I'm going to share some things here on the subject of mindset and the comfort zone. So what is our comfort zone exactly? Now, some of the things that I've done and, and some of the things that I've accomplished throughout my life have been fueled by my personality. I have an achiever personality or some would call it a type A personality. I love new experiences and I love doing new things because it fuels my curiosity and also my quest for growth. Some of you know that I've done triathlons for, for many years and if you were at the Emerging Leader Inner Circle live event, you heard about my mountain climbing and rappelling adventures. Those didn't just happen because I sat back and remained comfortable. But most of my leadership and growth achievements have occurred because of two things. The first, being intentional, and most importantly, number two, putting myself outside of my comfort zone. Now, each of us have things that we want to do, things that we want to be, people that we want to be, and we all have our own mountains to climb. We have dreams and aspirations, and yet perhaps those haven't materialized yet. You have aspirations. You have dreams, don't you? So how do we make those dreams and aspirations a reality? What I'm going to share with you is one of the keys. Growth is about getting outside of our comfort zone. Now, think about how comfortable the comfort zone is when you're not doing things that make you uncomfortable. Many people think that speaking is outside of their comfort zone. And think about people who don't get up in front of a, a group of people to speak. How comfortable is that to just sit in the audience? Things come easy in the comfort zone. We don't even break a sweat. We don't grow. And it might be comfortable, but it's, it's a bad spot. I mean, let's just face it. It really is. The comfort, the comfort zone is far and away the single biggest hindrance of leadership and personal growth in modern day life. And as we look at this idea of the comfort zone, the context that I want to place around it is, is results. It's really the test for our growth as leaders. So I want to bring everything back to our results. And the question I think we need to ask ourselves is, how's my results? How are your results? You know, Andrew Carnegie said, as I grow older, I pay less attention to what people say and more attention to what they do. Actions lead to results, don't they? Talk is cheap, but getting busy doing 
is what separates the winners from the rest. It separates the people who are growing. So results is the name of the game. We all want to be happier and we all want to be healthier and wealthier, don't we? We all want to change the results we're getting in some area of our life. Now, this is going to be different for everyone. Our area of growth could be about becoming a leader or maybe growing our business or growing our career or the health of our physical body. It could even be about spiritual development that we're after. Whatever it may be, I think that most people would agree we all have areas of our life that we would like to get better results in, don't we? So why don't we get better results then if that's what we want? And you know, it's an interesting thing, but when many of us look at our results, we tend to see our results as a reflection of our potential. And it seems kind of like a natural thing to do. We look at what we are currently achieving and we accept consciously or unconsciously that those results reflect not just what we're currently achieving, but all that we're ever capable of achieving. After all, we're not stupid, right? If, if we're capable of achieving more, surely we'd be doing it, wouldn't we? And this, of course, would appear to be the obvious answer. But the obvious answers are often the wrong answers. And if you think about that for a moment, that would appear to make sense because the obvious answers tend to be the answers that most people come up with. And most people, by definition, are getting normal results. They're getting average results. And this is probably not the results that we dream of for ourselves, is it? So if we find ourselves slipping into that thinking trap, I think we have to ask ourselves, how are my results working for me? Think about it for yourself now. What sort of life would you ideally like? And how many people do you know living like that? Living that dream, living that growth journey, maybe living that business leader journey, that family life journey. I think the odds are good that we want something more than the average person on the street is getting, don't we? I mean, I know I do. There's an old quote by Earl Nightingale who says that most people tend to order their steaks medium and live their lives the same way. And John Maxwell quotes a story in his great book, The 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth. And I honestly can't remember it exactly, but it's something like this. A guy goes into a fortune teller and asks for his fortune to be told. And the fortune teller says, you're going to be poor and miserable until you're 45. And then the guy says, well, and then what happens? The fortune teller says, then you'll get used to it. <laughs> oh my goodness, what a horribly depressing thought. But when it creeps up on you over years, it doesn't seem so strange. Gradually, we accept mediocrity and then we switch our dreams and our hopes onto our children because we think it's too late for us. But maybe, maybe they can get it right. I want to encourage you right here and right now, it is never too late to decide that we're not settling, that it's time for a growth spurt. I was listening to a health CD a little while ago, and on the CD, the guy was talking about some research relating to poisons in our food. 
And he said that small amounts of poisons are sometimes more dangerous than larger amounts because the body can pick up on large amounts and process them. But small amounts sneak under the radar and they go unnoticed and build up over time, causing big problems. And I'm sure you've heard the example of boiling a frog, right? Pick up a frog, drop him in hot water, and he's going to jump out. But if you put him in cold water and heat it up slowly, and the gradual changes in temperature are accepted so that over time, the same big change is experienced, but if it's gradual, the frog accepts it and doesn't move. Apparently, and obviously I've never tried this, and I really hope no one listening has either, but apparently the water can be heated up slowly enough so that it becomes boiling and the frog will just accept it up to his death. So how often do we do this in our own lives? Think about the things that we put up with because they've gradually grown to be like that. And we've gotten used to them. They're familiar to us. We've even become comfortable in our discomfort. So if we're starting afresh, we would never tolerate it. But having grown used to it, we barely notice it now. We settle. We settle. Unfortunately, though, settling for the comfort zone means that, it, it, that, that we are today all that we're ever going to be. Now, I don't know about you, but I find that quite a disturbing thought. When we stop stretching, when we stop reaching and seeking and risking, we actually stopped growing. And if we're not growing, then we're shrinking. You see, in our comfort zone, almost all of our actions are driven by habit. Our habits are the actions that express themselves without any conscious awareness. When we're acting habitually, our conscious mind is free to think of something else. Great example is driving a car. Let's say you're in a car driving along at 70 miles an hour and you're steering with your knees while you dial somebody on your phone and you're thinking about what you're going to say when you get through. Well, if you're thinking about what you're going to say, then you're not thinking about driving the car, are you? So who's driving the car? Well, obviously you are, but you're driving the car through actions that you've delegated to habits years ago. Habits are extremely useful, but they're non-adaptive. In a recent article I read, the author put it beautifully when, they, when he said that our habits have an IQ of zero. They don't have any intelligence. They do what they've been programmed to do. They're learned behaviors or routines. And as I said earlier, they're extremely useful, but habitual behaviors perform as they were set up to perform, not necessarily in the way that best suits the current situation. Various studies place estimates of the amount of our daily actions that are habitual at around 80 or 90 percent. Almost all of what we do, we don't even think about. So just think about that for a moment. And I know you know this, but think about it with me. Almost everything we do, we don't think about it. We're on autopilot. Habits are one of the two key things that keep us penned in our comfort zone. Let me repeat that. Habits are one of the two key things that keep us penned in our comfort zone. They keep us doing the same things, and so they keep us getting the same results. But we're comfortable living by habit. 
because it means we don't have to think. And thinking is hard work. We don't need to make too many new decisions in the comfort zone. And we don't perceive any real risks. And not taking any risk appeals to us. Now, most people tiptoe through life hoping to make it safely to death. But we can't get away from risk. There's risks to everything, especially to the comfort zone. JFK said, There are risks and costs to a plan of action, but they are far less than the long-range risks and costs of comfortable inaction. You know, the comfort zone might be comfortable, but for a leader, it's a bad spot. Now, I heard someone once say, You know if you're on the right road because it's uphill. And John Maxwell always says that anything worthwhile is always uphill. Many of you will have heard of Abraham Maslow and his famous hierarchy of needs. Well, he came to the conclusion that we all have infinite potential. And that means that from where we are today, wherever that may be, but from where we are today, we can keep growing in any direction that we want to grow. And we can keep growing for the rest of our lives. Every day, we can become more than we were yesterday through, as Thomas Troward said, an orderly sequence of growth. And I love that expression. It's an orderly sequence of growth, not by magic, not by luck, not overnight, but through an orderly sequence of growth. Now, whether you accept we all have infinite potential or not is not necessarily that important right now. But the more we think about these things, the more we come to the conclusion that it's not what we can do that's important. It's what we will do that's important. What can we do is hypothetical. What we will do is what's important. Whatever our potential is, we only use a fraction of it. There's plenty more for us to cultivate. And the bottom line through this is that in order to grow, we must get out of our comfort zone because growth occurs outside of the comfort zone and not in it. It's weathering the discomfort that's responsible for our growth. And you've heard the expression that strong timber doesn't grow easy or perhaps calm seas never made a great sailor. And it's really battling against and overcoming something that leads to the growth. And growth is good. You know, a good friend of mine would say on some of our adventures where we were being tested that it doesn't have to be fun to be fun. Sometimes he also said, hey, just embrace the suck, would you? <laughs> so struggle, confusion, pain, discomfort, fear. These are all signs that we're growing. And so they're good signs. So we should welcome them and not avoid them. In fact, if we want to grow quickly, we should actively seek them out. Get uncomfortable on a regular basis. I know it sounds strange, but it's exactly what we need to do. What have you done today that's unfamiliar, inconvenient, and uncomfortable? So one of the two things that keeps us stuck in the comfort zone is habit. And we've got to get into the habit of getting out of our habits. But the second key thing that keeps us stuck, and this is even more insidious, and that is belief. Beliefs and habits keep us penned up in the status quo. Both, though, really only exist in one place, 
and a place within our control, inside our minds. We've got our own story, don't we? It's, it's so convincing, and, and that's part of the illusion. Most people have difficulty distinguishing what they believe with reality. One of the things that I often do with my clients is spend some time evaluating our beliefs to see if they actually hold water. You see, like habits, our beliefs are stored in our subconscious mind. And that means, by definition, they're below our level of consciousness. And that means that we're not necessarily aware of what we believe until we or a, a good coach or a mentor question our beliefs. See, questions are a great way of digging into the subconscious mind to find out what we really believe. Now, our belief system is based on our evaluation of something. And the more we reevaluate our beliefs, the more likely they are to change. Beliefs that hold us back from moving in the direction that we would like to go, they're called self-limiting beliefs or unhealthy beliefs. We'll come back to beliefs in more detail, but for now, I think it's really useful to consider their role with regard to our comfort zone. And many of us, myself included, a big part of our problems are in assuming that our beliefs reflect a single reality, rather than seeing them simply as the result of a learning process. You see, our beliefs are the results of a learning process, not necessarily a reflection of reality. And it's the beliefs that we hold that tend to keep us conveniently tucked in our comfort zone. Now, we can't examine everything that we believe, and there's really no need to do that. But we do need to examine certain beliefs that are stopping us from moving forward towards our goals. The first thing that I need to do and examine and ask myself is, how is my belief working for me? Is it logical? Is it based in reality? And is it helping me? And if not, it may have to go. There's a process to change, just like a process to acquiring beliefs in the first place. It takes decision. It takes commitment. It takes a goal or a reason to change. An understanding of the obstacles that will be faced along the way. It takes a strategy to step through the terror barriers that will emerge persistence, and a shift in attitude. You see, there is a system to successful change. Now, this is more difficult than it sounds, and typically, we found that people generally need some good information or a good environment to help them with this process, or ideally both. I know that my own growth process really began to accelerate when I got my own coach. A third-party perspective can really help. How many times have you looked at somebody else's life and seen all the problems or things that they need to change? It's just so obvious in somebody else, isn't it? <laughs> but it's much more difficult to see in ourselves because much of what we do is habitual. It's unconscious. It's below our level of consciousness. So someone looking in can more easily identify those things that are holding us back. And it's not just with regard to our life that a good coach can fast track our success. Our business results can be massively impacted too. So formation of beliefs is part of our learning process. We are pretty much all of us the product of our environment. We've learned to fit in with our environment. 
Many people get stuck doing the same things, watching the same programs, reading the same things, hanging out with the same people. And why? Well, that's the environment they grew up in. And so the most natural thing in the world for someone growing up in that environment is to fit right in. And part of this process of fitting in is the accumulation of beliefs, like the duck who imprints on the first thing they see through a learning process. All of this information that's programmed into our subconscious minds, we refer to as our paradigm. Now, we may not have been responsible for the creation of our paradigm, but understand this. Now, this is probably the most important thing that I'm going to say in this episode. We weren't responsible for acquiring it, I mean, our, our paradigm, but it is our responsibility to change it. If we want something different than what we've been getting, then it's our responsibility to change our paradigm. No one is going to do that for us. If we're going to change and grow, then we need to accept full responsibility for changing our paradigm. Now, I said that what we believe is a result of a learning process. And so we can learn new beliefs through a similar process. Beliefs are formed through repetition and emotion. And the more emotion, the more powerful the belief and the more power it holds over us. We all believe millions of things that we're not necessarily consciously aware of. And these things can stop us from moving in the direction that we want to go. How many times have we made incorrect assumptions? Things like, I'm no good at math. Money makes money. True leaders are born that way. I could never be good at sales. I don't have the gift of gab. And the startling thing is, beliefs then appear to be self-evident because as we adopt these beliefs, they become true for us. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Habits have such a key role in our life and beliefs have such a powerful role in our lives too, affecting what we notice in the first place. It affects how we then interpret what we notice and what we expect and what we do and then how we explain to ourselves the results of what we do. And then, as a sort of self-preservation mechanism, our confirmation bias tends to ignore everything that doesn't support the belief, and it highlights everything that reinforces it, thereby practically guaranteeing its existence from then on. So if our beliefs and habits are responsible to such an extent for the results that we get in life, then surely it makes sense to cultivate habits that are going to take us in the direction we want to go and to adopt beliefs that enable us to believe that we are going to get there. If the results we get in our lives are consistent with our comfort zone and we don't like the results that we're getting, then it's time for a new comfort zone. Now here's a simple formula for success. Get outside your comfort zone and stay there till you get comfortable again. Then repeat and keep on repeating and keep on growing into a bigger and better and more capable and more productive you. And this never stops. We can all grow. And, and this is just a final thought. The comfort zone may appear to be comfortable in the short term, but you got to ask yourself, how's that working for you over time? What are your results? 
we need to create habits and beliefs that support taking us confidently in the direction of our dreams, as Henry David Thoreau said. Well, this was a bit longer episode than I thought it would be, but I really wanted to share some of these aspects of growth and the things that hold us back from it the most. Please do me a favor. Would you go out and subscribe to this podcast? Share it with a friend. And of course, give me a five-star review. I would really appreciate it more than you know. So until next time, stay in the growth space.